Welcome to the Tantric Lounge with noted expert on sex, love, and intimacy, Jacqueline Hillier. In our program, we'll discuss not only the nature of sex and the spirituality of sex, but also the science of sex. Now, here is one of Australia's leading experts on sex and love, Jacqueline Hillier. Hello and welcome to the Tantric Lounge. So today we're going to be talking about female orgasmicness and what that has to do with the new sexual revolution or what I like to call the um, the third stage of sexuality. So Xavier, you're here with us today as always. Yes, and I, again I'm at a remote location. Yes, off with that other woman still. Gosh. Yes, it just... There seems to be a lot of work that needs doing on her website. Well, (laughs) yes, it is. I mean, menopause is a huge subject and so it's a bit of... And there's nothing else that's Mm. anywhere near comparable on the internet about this. And it's a subject that's really important, especially as we we even dedicated a whole program to it. We did, did a couple of programs ago. And I can tell you I know how much work goes into maintaining a website, especially a big one like mine. I spend... I've spent countless, countless, countless hours. Yes, but- with its with its enormous back end and buttons <laughs> that need pushing. <laughs> yes, including the button to donate to this show. If you like this show and want to keep it live and um, ad-free, then it would be great if you'd like to contribute. Even a dollar helps. Um, now, our guest today is running a little bit late. There's been an accident on the road. So she won't be joining us until our second um, segment. That's Ali Petrie, Alison Petrie, who is a tantric practitioner and um, is particularly interested in these topics that we're talking about today. But in the meantime, we'll talk about you. Oh, me. Yes, it's all about you. (laughs) It's all about moi. Yes, and what's the latest on Planet Jacqueline? Well, um, I'm actually in Vietnam at the moment, although I'm not. We're doing even as we speak. We're doing this weird time travel TARDIS type thing where we've pre-recorded. So um, I will be just finishing up a spiritual retreat in Vietnam as this goes live, which I'm sure is going to be rather wonderful. And I'm sure that your future self will be able to tell us eventually what this is like. Yes. Well, that will be the show after this one. I'm be- sure. Yeah. Yes. Mm. We'll Whereabouts are you going, actually? What, 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 Hoi An. Hoi An? Yes, yes. So I'm in a spiritual group that has an annual retreat there every year, and it's wonderful. We go to an upmarket resort um, and meditate all day and then spend the rest of the time lying on the beach and drinking cocktails, which I, I, lo- have to I love. S- I love the way that so many people go to such lengths and travel thousands of miles to find themselves. Oh, it's not just to find myself. I know myself. I, myself is well and truly found. This is um, maintenance and oh. enjoyment. Oh, and, to maintain yourself. And relaxation and rejuvenation. Yes. Uh, okay, okay. Yes. Well, mm. you've got... And we've... can I just say, sure. while we're on the topic of up, upmarket spiritual retreats, that's what I consider mine to be. Mm. Um, and uh, the next retreat's full, couples retreat the Blue Mountains Retreat in November. That one's full. Um, although it, it is at the when I'm speaking now. I th- we could squeeze one more couple in. Um, so I just want to let people know, especially the international listeners, that next year Bali is on in uh, March, five days in Bali, just fabulous, a five-day uh, couples retreat. Yes, there were rave reviews about the last one, weren't there? Oh, it was beautiful. Oh, my God, it was just so good. I mean, they're all good. Um, 
each one I just go, oh, that's all I can say, oh. Um, and we're organising one in, in Vietnam actually for next September. It's a way off but if people want to book ahead, I know people like to book their international trips um, way in advance. So the idea really is that we go somewhere really beautiful. These are upmarket tantra retreats. There's not a lot of upmarket tantra retreats. I must say most of them kind of seem a little bit more downmarket. And so there's... In the nicest possible way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, since my work is quite classy um, and I like to do them in beautiful places, and I actually think it, re- it really relates to the whole concept of tantra because tantra is about tapping into the power of pleasure it's not about denying yourself in any way, but it's about not being attached to that pleasure. And yet it has a classiness about it as well, mm. Tantra. Yeah. It does, does it ask you to explore ever finer grades of discrimination yes. in, sex, in sensuality and sexuality? Yes. So it's not it, – so, I mean, I, 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 my personal experience of Tantra is that it's very it, – it can get to a very, very refined and subtle level. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, you can do it anywhere, but you can certainly do it in a... It's easier to do it in a beautiful place like, say, the Blue Mountains for the local listeners that there's still one place left in the couple's retreat and the women's retreat still has some openings. Yes, yes, still plenty of room for the women's retreat. I always find that women book in sort of last minute, but couples like to to book in advance. And also, I mean, I can only have seven couples at my Blue Mountains retreat. What's the women's limit? Yeah. Uh, oh, about 12. I could go a little bit more than that if need be, but 12. I just find 12 is just a really lovely number. Does that make you the 13th? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's quite Christian, isn't it? It's a bit like- well, no, no. It's the, very, it's the sacred number of the goddess. There were 12 yes. lunations in a year. Ooh. The lunar calendar has 13 months. 13 has always been the number of the goddess. I wonder if that's why so often my, my women's retreats do actually end up with 12 participants and me. Well, who knows? Maybe it is. Uh, shall we get started on other stuff or do you have any other things to pay? tell us about? Yes, no, more to tell about. Um, my, my new book, Seven Sex, um, Seven Sex Goddesses, Sexual Reawakening for the Modern Woman, is selling really well. I'm really pleased about that. It is available at the moment on, exclusively from my website in digital format. So go to www.jacquelinehellier.com and go to my shop. Actually, it's all over the place. You can go to the shop, you can go to my women's page, you can go everywhere um, to find that. Bringing some fabulous um, feedback from it as well, which is great. Oh, our guest has arrived. Our oh, guest excellent. has arrived. I think we might just bring her in. Okay. Yeah. So, Alison, if you'd like to put on these headphones. Um, and while Alison is doing that, I'll also say that the men's program, Black Belt in the Bedroom, the online program, four-week online program, is also available and selling. And next week, this is in our time travel TARDIS kind of thing, um, the women's one will be released as well, which is all terribly exciting and wonderful. And Alison's here. Hello. <laughs> Just in time. <laughs> yes. yes we, we, we had to start without you. I know. That's fine. I'm very glad that you did. Yes. I, um, I was navigating Sydney traffic, which um, <laughs> wasn't a lot of fun this morning. <laughs> so Alison meets Xavier, who's Hello. somewhere else today. Yes. He's with Hello, Alison. Who are you? Who am I? <laughs> Tell us. Mystery woman. <laughs> um, I am... Oh, I am a beautiful woman. You are a beautiful woman. That's why you're here today, Alison. <laughs> and I am also a tantric practitioner 
And what does that mean? Well, that means it means different things uh, for different people. In my flavor of it, it means that I facilitate men and women to find greater freedom in their body, to understand more of their sexual potential, to go beyond just the physical aspects of sex and sexuality and to understand the more subtle dynamics and the the energy side of things um, where there can be also an energetic connection and a spiritual connection through our sexuality. Right. Does that mean that people end up What sort of people do you end up seeing then? All sorts of people. Um, There are people who come because they actually have some things that are going on that they're not so happy about in terms (coughs) of their sexuality or their relationships. So it could be for women, women who haven't been able to orgasm, um, for men, premature ejaculation, for other or sexual trauma or abuse in their past. So anything that's blocking them from having a full expression of their sexuality and and having pleasure and being able to connect heart-to-heart with someone. The other people that come are people whose sex life is already pretty good and they're exploring and they're on that edge where they're going, okay, what's more? Mm. What what more is is there? there? Yeah, Mm. yes. And they might have done a lot of meditation or yoga. They've kind of probably been exposed to some of these concepts Mm. where, you know, there is perhaps a greater meaning to life or there's something else. And so they're wanting to explore what is it that, how would that translate into my sexual life? Mm-hmm. And that's how do, pe- how do people actually find you? Because it's a to me, do people just open a, the the equivalent of the yellow pages online and say tantric practitioners, or, yes. or do they <laughs> really? Yeah, the big world world of Google seems to be the one of the biggest ways mm. people Google but, tantra. Mm. People Google. they do for me too. Yeah, yeah, that's how most people yeah. find. So we actually met. Yes. Was it five or six years ago? Oh, um, 2009? Yes. Yeah, five years five ago years at a Tantra retreat in Bali. Yes. One of Nityama's. Yes. And that was quite early on for you in this journey, was it? Yeah. Or where were you mm. on that? Because you weren't practicing in this field at no, that no, point, No, no, not you? at all. And it no. wasn't particularly my intention. I never grew up. <laughs> this is what I want to be when I grow up. So, What, you weren't a five-year-old lying in bed staring at the ceiling thinking, I want to be a tantric practitioner when I grow up? No, funnily enough, I wasn't. And, <laughs> and um, it did take me a bit by surprise. I mean, I had been working with people in a, a, with counselling psychology and mm. I had explored energy work and yoga. So I was working with people in a capacity but nothing mm. to do with their sexuality usually. Mm. And, and and a lot of that work of, you know, in some of the helping professions, sexuality doesn't get mentioned. I know, they don't they don't address it. No. One of the key all. things to being human yeah. and life and life force. Yeah. And it just doesn't get No, it doesn't it yeah. doesn't get brought up yeah. or talked about very often. Yeah. yeah. So how did you go from being a counsellor into being a tantric mm. practitioner? Well, it was my own personal journey. Yeah. Um and as I said, I'd been exploring yoga meditation, so I was opening up to this whole new way of being and blowing my whole analytical, logical <laughs> mind out of the water. Yeah. And Speaking of blowing yourself up, was there a particular aha moment? Yes, there was. In in just in terms of the spiritual opening or the the what's more, are you talking? Well, yeah, well, well in, in, ter- in terms of what made you suddenly say, "I've got to do this sort of work." Right. Um, 
Yeah, there was. I mean, I I went with a partner at the time. We'd been in a long-term relationship and I'd been looking at Tantra. I'd seen it, talked about it. And, and with this idea, sex wasn't, our sex was actually, our sex life was great, you know. But it was this idea of what more, there must be more, this potential, mm. you know, when I'd seen some things that would happen in energy work and when I happened, what would happen when I breathed and I moved in yoga um, all these awarenesses opening up for myself personally it was like, well, what? There must be more to sex, was my question. So eventually, I can convince my partner to go along, right. and we had this amazing experience. It was a couples workshop, just a weekend workshop. But something in me woke up. Something right. in me really just opened up, blossomed, blossomed mm. instantly almost mm-hmm. just with some of the simple practices and yes. because I was there with someone I trusted, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, it was quite easy for that and I'd done all this other stuff before. You were so primed. It, I was primed yeah. and and it it filled me with such a sense of well-being and mm. aliveness mm-hmm. and heart opening and connection to my partner yes. that I just went, I want more yes. of this. Yeah. Still wasn't the decision to work in the area. That came a mm-hmm. bit later. Mm. Um, but there were, that, that was when it got um, lit up. Spiritual yeah. practice is often a lot like Chinese cooking. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Here comes an analogy. <laughs> <laughs> One of well, the famous Xavier analogies. Well, think about it like this. Most pe- a, lot of cooking involve, a lot of Chinese cooking involves a lot of preparation, chopping, dicing, soaking in sauces, preparing, preparing, preparing. But no actual cooking happens until the wok gets properly heated up and then everything gets thrown in and three minutes later it's done. Yes. So what you're describing when you were saying that you were primed to me sounds that you were doing a lot of work that may not have even been obvious to you and then all of a sudden the right time the right place everything was ready to wake up and it just did the retreat was your walk yes Mm. yes yes absolutely yeah that's that's a great way of describing it actually Mm. um and then there was a real sense of meant to be right somehow for me and and a, and a real sense for me of of not being able to go back to this, this job. Had- yes, you can't go back. You've swallowed the blue pill, or is it the red pill? Which one is it in the matrix? You, you swallowed, you swallowed the pill. that pill. I swallowed that pill. And there's no going back. Yeah, I often tell people that when they start on this kind of journey. I'm like, got to warn you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you can't go back. No. Not once and, you get to a certain point. And I wouldn't want to. Mm. Um, because of the, I guess, the, the richness and the depth yeah. of what I've experienced and um, a level of meaning that wasn't there before. Mm. Um, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I, I knew you were going to ask that because <laughs> I was thinking, what do I mean by that level yes, of Alison meaning? Yes, Alison has a very puzzled look on her face. <laughs> it's hard to articulate a spiritual experience, though, yeah. because the, we don't normally discourse, aside from... Um, Conversations like this one, we don't normally ask ourselves to articulate in words mm. how we feel about these profound changes that happen within us. Yes, that's very true. Um, but I will attempt to since well, you've, you've asked got one me. minute before the break. And if you don't make it before then, we're going to have to wait until after the break. All right, okay, instant meaning. Um, the- Just to add pressure. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. No pressure. Come on, you've got 45 seconds. Before that, for me, 
sex was beautiful and it was wonderful and it was a source of pleasure and it was a source of, you know, connection and intimacy with my partner to a degree. But it was an experience and it was an experience and then it was over. Mm. It was an experience another time and then it was over. This gave me a, a, a real sense of what it means for two people to come together mm-hmm. intimately in that way. Um, what what that what potential there is in that meeting, just a, apart from yes, we're going to have a lovely time together. In other words, it's more than just the event. Yes, there's a continuity that follows from it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And and also just a you know I mean this this connection that we're engaged in now whatever it might be that sexual experience there's there's mm, it's ripe for mm. either creating more love between us for me opening my heart for me healing some mm-hmm. places that have been wounded or held tight mm. for me to be able to let go for him to be able to feel his power in a different way mm. for him to be able to open his heart it was there was. There was a lot of um, – it was ripe for a lot to happen in there rather mm-hmm. than Let's us just people being. think about that ripeness while we go to a break. Okay. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautifully put. Thank you. And welcome back to the Tantric Lounge where we're talking to Tantric practitioner Alison Petrie. And we're the talking- very ripe Alison Petrie. <laughs> yes. He's just been explaining. I would have to say probably one of the most beautiful explanations I have ever heard about why this work is so important and what individuals and couples get out of it. Mm. And, and just even that phrase, it's not just the event, like before sex happened and then it was over. And, yeah, when you said that, I was just like, yes, it's not over at the end. And I know lots of women in particular, but also men often say to me, like, it's great and then it kind of stops and it's like the energy's cut and then it's back to normal as though sex is something that happens in this box and we open up the box, we have sex, and then we put it away again. I think that's a really valuable thing for anybody to realize that Tantra brings you to a point where the sexual experience is simply one, a a pearl on a string of (laughs) other sensual experiences. Mm. And that after a particular sort of awakening, you realize that life is actually a string of pearls rather than individual pearls that get picked up and then put down. Yes. And it's something that you wear all the time. You're constantly wearing that pearl necklace. It's not something that you keep locked up in a vault and take out Fe- and have a look at now and again. Feeling mm. the smoothness and wonderfulness of the of the pearls against your skin. And the beauty. Mm. And the beauty is on display. Yes. I'm loving this analogy. Yeah. Because I believe... And I think this is part of this whole new sexual revolution that we want to talk about is that, yeah, we don't hide sex away. Mm. Like we wear it. Mm. It's on display. Yes. And so, it's good and beautiful. So what's so, so tell us more, Jacqueline, about mm. the new sexual revolution and what was wrong with the old one. Well, from my point of view, and I really want to know what Alison um, thinks. Well, I mean, Alice and I have had lots of chats before, so, you know. It's <laughs> your opportunity to have these the, chats. On the problem. same page here. Well, I sometimes call it the third wave of sexuality because mm-hmm. for a long time in the West we had shame-based sexuality, mm-hmm. you know, and good girls didn't and it was sort of very much in a box. Um, and then with the sexual revolution of the 60s and 70s, I, I kind of feel that we shifted a bit much to um, sleaze-based it sort yeah. of went too much the other way. And there was still something kind of, it was still bad. Like we were, shame, sex was bad, it was shameful. Then it was sort of like sex is 
sleazy you're supposed to do but somehow it's still bad I, I almost saw it like a rebellion you know yeah. that adolescent you yes. know we're just going to experiment we're going to do everything we weren't allowed to do before yeah but not necessarily with much awareness or enjoy mm. yeah it, it would have been also, I, would, I would say also historically there was a lot of pent-up repression and energy behind yeah. it which is why yeah. it looked so over the top yeah when yeah. you repress something for long enough the initial one the initial burst is quite violent and I think that's what we saw. We saw an explosion of sexual violence, which obviously manifested in many different forms of pornography and many different forms of protest mm. and anger and the, the whole yeah. This, and, and that was necessary. I think people had tried to do it the nice way and they weren't getting anywhere. So in the end, they just got frustrated and the whole thing started exploding. And that was mm. wonderful because in its own way, because people, it suddenly come, came out in the open, but it was messy. But it was also um, very limited to the physical as well, I think. Yes. Yeah? Unless you're on drugs. Unless you're on drugs. (laughs) But being on drugs and having sex was sort of like a pretense of what we're talking about and what you can experience when you actually get more into the tantric practice. Mm. And so (laughs) I've found in my own practice, um, professional practice like you have, that people come saying there's got to be more. Mm. And I'm pretty sure you can show us how to get there. Oh, yes, I can. Yes, and me, both of us. We, we do Absolutely. this. We're part of this whole revolution. So does that align with your feelings? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, very much. Um yeah, I mean, I I feel that whole revolution was absolutely necessary mm, and it had mm. to play out the way it played out. Mm. I always see it a bit more like a pendulum swinging, mm-hmm. you know, from one extreme to the other. So you go into the extreme repression, then you go into excess, mm, yeah. you know. So now the the wave... Now there's a little bit of a feeling of being lost, I think, around sexuality, even though there's so much more education and Mm. so much more knowledge and Mm. so much more access and so much more freedom. Mm. I don't think that people are necessarily having better sex. Mm. And and, and women in particular, even though there's this big freedom and emancipation and they can, you know, go out and have casual sex and do whatever, you Mm. know, they want to as women, I don't – the women that I see – are not satisfied and not mm. fulfilled. Mm. There's an emptiness. Yeah. Mm. And they're not getting any orgasms. Well, no, but they are. Often women are having orgasms, but the orgasms are not fulfilling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that a bit more. Let's talk about female orgasmicness. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess to do that, there needs to be a broadening of the definition of orgasm. Orgasm. Yes from what we consider it to be or what we read in Cosmo magazines (laughs) or whatever else it might be. And, you know, like for me, that's the journey that I've been on to to actually open up into that. You know, I had a very limited definition of what I thought orgasm was as well, which was, you know, traditionally Mm -hmm. genital-based contraction Mm -hmm. of the vaginal muscles that last. Convulsion. Yeah, or a fluttering or however you want to describe it. A smelty feeling afterwards Yeah, an explosion. Yeah, Yeah. and and beautiful and fantastic, Mm. built up with a lot of tension and then boom, then it's gone. Which lasts a few seconds if you're lucky. Yes, Mm. which which is fabulous. And and a lot of women haven't experienced that. And so that is a beautiful, Mm. you know, space to be in. Mm. What orgasmicness to me feels like and is like, it's it's something that I am in touch with all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. Jacqueline was talking about mm-hmm. with, with the pearls. It's 
it's it's there in my body as um as an um, as an energy as a as something i i can access at any time through my breath through mm-hmm. my sound it's something that is a full body sensation that's not only a physical or genital based sensation but but a a feeling of um aliveness or bliss or fullness uh, a sweetness mm-hmm. yes um, that 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 can be uh, woken up or you know activated by lots of different stimulation not the, the imagery the imagery is interesting though the old model of the orgasm is a bit like a pressure cooker you turn it on mm. you wait you wait you wait you wait eventually the little thing on the top goes <laughs> <laughs> And then all the pressure goes and it's all done. Mm. You're, what you're describing sounds more like the, the, the analogy that Jacqueline often describes, the simmering pot. It's always yeah. there on the boil and it just, you just access it. Or it's, yeah. like a stream of con- it's like a stream of life energy consciousness that you, tap in, that you dip into, a river of orgasm in which you swim. <laughs> Yes, yes. And the river can be dammed up sometimes with stress mm. or with, you know, all sorts of things. It's not, you know, it, but but my connection with it now and what I've seen for other women is that once that connection is established and it's a, it's an education thing as well. We're mm. not told that that no. is actually possible. That no, that we don't get our, this. No, it's mm. our sexual potential or our potential of this feminine body yeah. to have access <clears throat> to those feelings. Mm. So once it's A, made known that mm-hmm. that's possible... Be stripped away the stuff that's in the way of it that sits and blocks it and shuts it down. So yep. there can be beliefs about you know whatever sex, whatever yes. you've learned about sex, yes. it is and isn't and yes. bad and what that means about me if I want it and mm-hmm. la la la. Mm. The, any emotional things that are sitting there of um, past shame. traumas, shame, yeah. um, fear, fear, even just you know like kind of like not so pleasant sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and most women have had those. Yeah. And so they all sit there as kind of tensions and tightnesses or things that are held in the body that sit on mm. top of the of that that yummy bubbling simmering mm. pot of yeah. yumminess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So once that starts to get stripped away, there are some practices or techniques that will help to access that energy more and to drop like in. Like what? Like breathing is one of the really big ones. One of the key ones. We do lots of breathing on this show. So, for example, I could sit here now and Mm -hmm. drop in and breathe Mm -hmm. and I could go into an orgasmic state very, very easily. And so could Jacqueline. We could do it together. And we we will as soon as the radio program is (laughs) finished. All the listeners are going, no, no, we want to to feel that now. But it's funny, it's interesting for me, like, when I'm around another woman in particular, but also men who have developed and have this conscious awareness of their sexual energy, I feel it. Mm. Like just sitting here with you, mm. I'm kind of tingling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tingle anyway, but with you sitting here, and this isn't like I have no desire to have this lesbian love orgy with you or anything like this. It's just like... That's going to disappoint a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like, you know, like we can see each other's pearl necklaces. Oh, God, that's got a horrible analogy with porn, hasn't it? <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, it's kind of there. Like you can't – and I know a lot of people sometimes say to me like, oh, I don't know, I want what you've got. Like mm. what is it, what's different and mm. stuff. And um, and I think it's simply this. Mm. I think once a woman taps into this, she just radiates. Because mm. mm. you radiate. Thank you. Well, maybe we will have that little moment after all. 
<laughs> Sorry, moving Xavier, right along. <laughs> we're, having, we're having a moment here. Yeah. Yes. Ha- hey, we'll have your moment. No, no, but no, no. Moving, moving right along, mm. people are going to be listening to this and saying, well, okay, I want a bit of that. What, what's, the, what's the recommended first step in getting a bit of that? Getting a bit of that sense that there is this river of orgasmicness that you can dip into. If only you know how. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's the thing. I think it's actually available to all women mm. um, and it's actually not that hard to get to. Like mine was a very spontaneous waking up, even though I'd been primed, as we talked about before. Mm. Um, for other women, it takes a bit longer to peel away those those layers, you know, of, of the stuff that I was talking about that gets laid on top yeah. and the physical tension in the body because a lot of it's about being able to relax in your body. Mm-hmm. To, to give permission to feel. That's a big one. To be okay to feel whatever's there because once you drop in and you breathe a little and you relax, anything that's kind of been sitting there and, you know, emotions or grief or sadness or anger or something is going to pop up pop to up. the surface. Yes, yes. So it's, it's a permission to feel and to be able to flow with your emotions rather than having to tighten up and shut down and I, I want to go into a little bit more of this permission thing because I think it's so vital. Yeah. People do tend to acquire permission not to do things. Don't feel this. This is not an okay feeling. Don't think this. This is not an okay thought. Don't do this. This is not a good okay action. A lot of the work that you both seem to be involved in indirectly or indirectly addresses that problem get to a point please you ask your clients where you can at least allow yourself to experience things Mm. i can i can i can i can think that that would be a very uh, confronting thing for many people yes it can be absolutely yeah um and and so liberating yes when 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 they actually allow it Mm. Um, and, and such a relief in some ways of all this stuff that I have been holding on to for fear of whatever, you yes. know. And, and, obvi- and often the fear is just the unknown. Yeah. yeah. Or someone well, might disapprove. Yes. Or, you know, yeah. I'm going to be seen as crazy. For women, I'm going to be seen as crazy, mm. over-emotional, neurotic, yeah. you know, whatever. Yes, because there is that thing in women. I mean, men have it too, but there is very, very much women have this thing of what will other people think? Yeah, and you know, being raised to be the the nice girl, and you know, the, the some, ones who please. Yes, the ones who please, and not too much trouble, and you know, the wildness is kind of not necessarily allowed. So, yeah, it's so freely. not encouraged. No. I mean, young women even now, like they're not encouraged to be wild, mm. and if they are a little bit wild, suddenly the media is full of oh my god, raunch culture, and girls mm. are out there being sexually free. And while I think there is a danger in that, mm. um, the fact that the young women are being free and sexual. I think it's fantastic. Yes, as long as they're they're feeling empowered and it's coming from a good place. And I think, and that's I think it's also the trouble, I think it's also important that this be um, responsible, because we don't tend to talk much about responsibility, except in a very negative way. Mm. Well, there's a, there is a very positive yourself. way of, be, of being responsible and taking ownership of your experiences, and I think that has to come with permission. You yes, you have permission to feel this, but you also need to take responsibility for what you're feeling. Yes, and uh, I mean along those lines, when when 
anyone, I mean, we've been talking about women a lot because mm. we're talking about women's orgasmicness, but when anyone, for me, comes more into connection with their body, with what they're really feeling, with what's really going on, and more of a permission to be themselves, then that sense of responsibility, setting boundaries, setting limits, doing what you want to do and not what you don't want to do, mm. and also respecting other people mm-hmm. comes quite naturally. Yeah, It's because... For me, we're, we're so disconnected mm. a lot from, from ourselves um, and our sexuality in particular that some of the irresponsible behaviour, perhaps or out of control behaviour, kind of comes through. Mm. There's a bit of wildness. <laughs> All right. Yes, I like this whole concept of wildness and unleashing it. But I think a lot of women are scared of that and what's in there. What do they, what do they think, that something un, untamable will suddenly come out? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't know what's there, then there's fear around what it could be. And something untamable can come out. Well, yeah, particularly in, in the energetic moment. work that you do. I yes. mean, I've experienced it myself and I've seen other people experience it and often it is kind of like, whoa, crazy, roaring, all yes. sorts of, I mean, I love it personally. Yes. I just love that sort of stuff. Yes. <laughs> but then, you know, I have freedom. But for other women to be able to tap into that, it's like, I mean, even on my retreat, you know, sometimes I just get women to yell out in the bush and they're kind of like, oh, I can't do that. I'm yes. like, it's the bush for Christ's sake. Like, no one's going to hear you. That's a let roar. And, and with that <laughs> image of women yelling in the bush, we'll go to a break. Oh, okay. And we're talking to Alison Petrie, who is a tadtrick. That is right, isn't it? Petrie or Petrie? Petrie. Petrie as in dish. Yes. Alison the dish, the Petri dish. <laughs> Tantric diversity, you've never heard that one before. Um, no, not recently. Not since not high recently. school. Well, for, those of you, for those of you who don't know what a Petri dish is, the pe- you know those those shallow glass circular dishes that scientists look at and for, for bacterial Deary. growths and all that, where they perform small experiments? Yes. Those are Petri dishes. Well, I don't know. Is your, life, is your entire life a the experiment, Alison? Is it an experiential experiment in exploring sexuality and all that sort of stuff? And all sorts of other stuff as well. So, yeah, that's <laughs> a very good description of my life, I would say, <laughs> my approach to life. All right. Well, give us a bit, some of the benefits of your knowledge now. Um, maybe we can, uh, you can describe for our listeners some of the things that people do in order to do what it is that we've been describing, the awakening, the flowing, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure, Xavier. I'm going to do a little exercise um, with the listeners in a moment so they Mm -hmm. get a kind of a a real feel for something that they could do, which is quite simple. Um, But just to give you a few examples in the private sessions that I do where I – do a breath and body work sessions and what they're designed to do is to is to to strip away the 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 stuff that is in the way of this energy that's sitting there so this is the paint stripper thing yeah the paint stripper or if you like you know like removing bricks or something like that whatever analogy whatever analogy that um you want to use around that it's I often use uh, a definition of like a hose. If you had a garden hose and it was flowing freely, you turn on the tap, the water flows out really beautifully. Mm. 
when the hose gets all kinked up or there's some dirt in it, it's been left outside, you turn on the tap and it kind of sputters out and the hose is trying to unkink itself and da 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 da, da. The water's not flowing so easily. So what I'm doing is attempting to get rid of the stuff that's in the way and the kinks so that the water or the energy can flow nice and freely. Mm, nice analogy. Mm. So, so de-kink us. So for, for, for example, you know, with some clients that I've had this often um, holding patterns in their body. So I will move and touch different parts of their body where there's armoring um, and it's like a physical and an energetic armoring. And a, it's so to paint the picture, they're actually lying on a table. They're lying on a table. And you're, and you're feeling their energy and then you touch a part of their body where you feel that there is some armor. That's right. And they're breathing during all of this. So they're breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I haven't lost any yet. But they, they're breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth. So very conscious and aware of their breath, coming into their body, feeling the sensations, being with that space that I'm touching. And we'll often find there a memory or an emotion. I'll touch there for a while and they might burst into tears. There might be some anger or rage that comes up. There might be a memory of, you know, something happening in their childhood when they were shamed, Um, all sorts of things like that. As we work with that and that starts to free up, and even though in the moment it can look a little dramatic sometimes if there's tears or screaming or something, it's quite, it's quite um, it's quite an easy experience because you're going with the flow of the energy, trying to rather than trying to block it. So it can actually move quite quickly. And people at the end, even though they might look like they're screaming, go, <laughs> "That was amazing! That's fantastic!" Mm. And, and what they feel often is so much more space in their body. They feel connected to, say, for women, their womb or their breasts or their heart in a different way. In a way that they haven't experienced before because they've been blocked or armoured for so long. That's right. Mm. That's exactly right. Lovely feeling of freedom too, I imagine, within the body. Yeah, a freedom within the body, tingling, some of this energy that we're talking about, this aliveness, this feeling of orgasmicness. And that can flow out in people's lives. I've had clients where, um, you know, they weren't even looking at, Men, you know, they were so, mm. you know, there'd mm-hmm. been trauma, there'd been abuse, uh, there'd been stuff that they were like, don't even look at me, I'm not a woman, I'm not a sexual being, you know. Yeah. Yeah. From ha- after a session walking out and going, wow, I walked down the street and all these men are looking at me, yeah. <laughs> I can actually look back at them and, yeah. oh, actually there's some quite nice ones out there. Yeah. And then second session, you know, maybe there's a little bit more interest. This is one client in particular. Third session, she's in a relationship. Wow. Fourth session, she's pregnant. Oh my God. Mm. From, and this was. <laughs> These aren't the, weekly sessions, I assume. <laughs> no, over, yeah, this is probably over a period of six months. Right. This particular yep. woman, not, yep. not so long. She was very ready mm. for this work. Mm. And she. Primed. Primed, indeed. Yes. And she had always had pain during sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, she didn't have any pain mm-hmm. during sexual intercourse. Where was that pain located, just out of curiosity? In in the vaginal walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was it also emotional pain? Did she experience it as emotional? She, another interesting thing in this particular client, um, she felt it as physical pain. Um, she was aware that there were some emotions involved in it. But also when she did start, but the physical pain was the most prevalent Mm. for her when she did then have no physical pain and started in this relationship with a very loving Mm. you know man that she trusted so she could feel safe and relaxed and she was able probably from this freeing to be able to attract in a man 
who could hold her in that way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a that's that's a very good point, Jacqueline, because very often it's a double edged sword, isn't it? You whatever state of energy you're in, you'll tend to attract people of a similar energetic birds of a feather flock together, that sort yes. of thing. Yes. So if you're traumatized, you'll tend to attract either other traumatized people or people who will traumatize you. Mm. Yes. Which is why it's so important that for people who feel this to do do this sort of work mm. because it might be the only way out of the maze. Yes. Yes. Start on yourself. Mm. Rather than try to fix the relationships or the situ- the external manifestations in the life, you fix yourself first. Mm. Yes, very true. Yes. And then all sorts of things seem to shift in the outside world. Mm. Yeah. And so for this so she woman... Was that, so, so this woman, yeah, sorry. That's okay. No, just the emotional question mm. that you asked about. Then when she was actually having sex with this man, so the physical pain had lessened so she was able to have sex, she found her emotions coming up Mm. and she would stop. Mm. So, oh, I have to stop to her man Mm. because this emotion is coming up. And I was encouraging her, no, no, this man, if you feel safe enough and trust and you talk to him a little bit about it, Mm. there's nothing wrong. Mm. I'm not sad. I'm not, you know, you're not doing something wrong. I just need to let this emotion come through. Mm. So then she tried that and had beautiful experiences where the tears would come through and they'd still be connected, you know, with penetration, et cetera. Mm. And huge healing happened for both. He Mm. felt empowered to be Mm -hmm. able to hold that space for her. She could let go and not have to stop and Mm. pull away when Mm -hmm. her emotions came up and consequently she could feel a lot more, heal a lot more and their relationship is deepening. So that's the potential, I suppose, of what I'm feeling. Mm. When they're in that space, they, they want to re- withdraw. Yeah, shut off. Yes, shut off. But this is to keep allowing the flow to happen. The permission that we were talking yeah. about earlier, that yes. can come into the sexual act as well, yeah. permission to feel whatever's there. Well, that's beautiful. So do you want to share with us one of these yeah. um, activities that yeah. you do? Sure. <clears throat> so... In that kind of idea of the armoring or the held mm-hmm. the tension which gets in the way of the free flow and the, the access to some of this yumminess, um, a really good way to start to kind of loosen it up is literally to shake your body. So if I would be standing up and feet flat on the floor, so listeners can do this if they're in a place where it's okay to do that, bending your knees slightly so you're kind of relaxed but really feeling that firm base through your feet. Taking a few breaths in through the nose. Sighing out through the mouth. (sighs) The sigh itself is a big releaser of tension. (sighs) Feeling some of the tension dropping out of the shoulders, the jaw. And then beginning to bring a little bit of a shake, starting from the feet and the ankles, a little bit of a bounce through the legs so that you start to get a bit of a bounce and a movement and a shake through the pelvis. (sighs) Letting the shake move up the body a little bit more into the belly. Letting the shoulders start to get involved. (sighs) Keeping the breath going and letting that shake come down through the arms to the fingertips. And beginning to let the head have a little bit of a shake. 
yes or a no movement, just gently to start with, but just bringing that that movement into the whole of the body as if you were literally trying to shake something out. (sighs) And then that can become as big or as wild as you want to. We won't do too much right now, but you can actually really get into this and put some music on and really start to kind of let go of anything that's been stuck in your body, anything, tension, tightness, anything you've been holding on to. (sighs) Really just waking up. The energy that's sitting in the base of the spine as you let it bounce and shake through the pelvis and the hips Mm. (laughs) and up through the spine. And for those of you who have access to a trampoline. Yes, go for it. (laughs) This is lovely. Like even just that little moment there Mm. just feels kind of. Mm-hmm. freer and mm. lovely little shake. Yeah. You talk about moving the pelvis as well. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk us just quickly through that? Yeah. So, Very quickly. Uh, we don't have much time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so the pelvis and the hips is where a lot of this this sexual energy lives and a lot of where we get tight and stiff in, you know, partly in trying to hold it down mm, and in. Stop. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's control down, it. Let's down. control it. We'll get yeah. really stiff in the hips and we won't yeah. move them. And then Elvis Presley comes along and does his yes. thing and we go, ah. And suddenly we have a sexual revolution. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So pelvis and hips are really important for, for women just starting and moving in that area in circles or figure eights or side to side, sensual movements, think belly dance kind of movements. For men, a forward and back movement of the pelvis. You can also do the side to side, just bringing awareness. You can even bring your hands onto the pubic bone and the tailbone just to bring your energy, your awareness, your focus there. The mere fact of doing these movements can be extremely freeing for a lot of people. I noticed Mm. that. I mean, it's no surprise that in just general observation, when we look at people who may have a lot of repression going on, that their body language is all robotic. It's all stiff. Mm. There's no fluidity in the movement. This shaking is a great way of literally shaking up that stiffness, that that tightness, that whole mm. feeling of... Mm, exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good way of it's literally giving people a slap in the spiritual face <laughs> yeah it was just a shake up a it's a shake, shake up. up shake up of the energy shake up of so the i imagine um so you've got um a retreat for women coming up yes um also in november so don't confuse it with mine people mine is a small intimate venue whereas um allison has got this rather wonderful big thing called um i am woman i am woman yeah um 14th to the 16th of November. It's in New South Wales. Oh, they can come and do mine first and oh, then good. they can go and do yours. Perfect. Mine's the weekend, two weekends before that. Perfect. No, the weekend before that. Yes. Gosh, women could have a completely indulgent yeah. month of womanliness. Nice. Yes. Very nice. So we'll put the links on, on my yeah. website, yeah. on the radio page and on the Voice America radio page. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so... Plus you run monthly gatherings. Yes, there's Tantric one actually Blossom. this Saturday night in okay. Sydney. Um, a tantric nights, a social event, introductory kind of practices, mm. community connection, very heart opening, heart based. Yeah, yeah. Super. And when's the next tantric lounge? This Saturday. Oh, my, my tantric lounge, not till the end of October. Not till the end of October. Yes. Okay, so it, so you, October can be an entire, as you said, month of female orgasmicness. Well, that's November. November. Oh, November. Okay. Yes. Well, why not? November is women's. <laughs> Why stop at November? All right, so we need to wind up now. So thank you so much, Alison, for being on the show. Pleasure. What, a, what an it's absolute a pleasure. pleasure. It's thank been you. a great pleasure. And thank you again, Xavier, for being fabulous. 
And thank you all. We're all being fabulous together. And thank you, <laughs> listeners, for being fabulous with us in yes. all this fabulousness. And Until our next fabulous time. Yes, next week we will uh, join you once again down on the Tantric Lounge.